I have some big news about iced coffee. Wait, should we call the press? We're recording this, right? If the coffee is still hot, which it often is, even if the pot's off, that's classic Megan thinking. I put the entire pot in the freezer. <laughs> and then I had a moment where I was like, mm, the pot's going to stay hot for a long time. Why don't you take the coffee out of the pot and put that <laughs> container in the freezer? So I took a big mug full of ice, put the hot coffee in it, and I put the whole thing, didn't stir anything up or anything, just put the whole mess in the freezer for 15 minutes, pulled it out. It's cold. Ice is still in control. Hot <laughs> coffee has not taken over like it does at room temperature. Stirred everything up and we're good to go. This is a, a new trick for this old dog. Amazing. And uh, I went back to my girls that are probably 12 years old and bought some more of their earrings. Three for 20. <laughs> I like that you, you're like a frequent customer of them. Yeah. They have a little company called Bug and Wash. And I was like... I was like, Jason, that's the same model of earring that I got last time I was here. I was like, I'm going to get some different ones this time. <laughs> You're buying. Get out your wallet. <laughs> These girls are going to clean you out. That's right. Where's the iron? Can mice and birds still? Oh, Polly, no, don't Saturday cut out that dress. Is the Where's the iron? Oh God, Where's the iron? Taffeta. <laughs> Muslin. Ooh, I'd wear that. Is that, that machine, machine even threaded? I'm getting a little bit of computer noise, but... Oh, from me? No, from from my computer. Oh, it just went away. Did you change something? Mm, it's still going for me. Can you do an entire podcast of just excerpts of us trying to figure out where noise is coming from? For sure. I had another idea for a podcast, which was the worst podcast possible to listen to while sewing. And it would just be me reading out numbers and fractions of numbers and <laughs> large and small measurements in different increments just over and over and over for like... Like 20 minutes <laughs> or two hours. <laughs> oh yeah, my God. I thought of that and then I laughed about it for like two hours straight. And then <laughs> I love that. All right. Well, let's, let's jump into it. Okay. I'm Liza. I'm the sewing one. She's Liza. She's hungover. Oh, She's not I'm even not. hungover. She just had one Prozac and fell asleep. I know the drill. Been there. <laughs> you live in that sweet LA life, you know, just <laughs> let it ride. <laughs> Okay, I'm Megan, I'm the writing one, and you are listening to There's No Thread, the podcast that takes a hard look at sewing movies and asks, could, would, and should the sewn item really get made given the rules of the movie's world and the materials available to the characters? Did you practice that? That was a good cold no. read. Thank you. <laughs> I actually didn't. Oh, no, I have a line. I have a new line. Is the sewing possible? Is it motivated? Or is it all just deus ex sewing machina? Are you ready? Yes. Ready? Yeah, I mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she breaks her streak so easily. Um, ready? Yes. yes. Yeah, ready. Yes. <laughs> Wait, who's saying which part? I should I, say ready. I say ready and we both say yes. Okay. Ready? Yes. Yes. Yeah. We've done that part before. That's not Definitely. new. <laughs> yeah, that's not new. Okay, today we are turning our sewing and writing eyes upon us. <laughs> That's right, Megan. This is our last episode for season one. So in order to tie the season up in a pretty bow, we are going to talk about how this thing even got started. Speaking of tying things up in pretty bows, when I was at school, at School of the Arts, there was a drama kid one time who had come in for his fitting. And he was like talking to all the costumers in his fitting. And he was like, 
why are you all so tired all the time? I mean, you just like, all you guys do is like tie pretty bows all day. And, and we were all like, uh, do you understand what we're doing in this fitting? We're putting clothing on you that we have made. <laughs> and oh also God. like, you just pretend to have feelings all day. So like, step off. Yeah, your job isn't hard either, bro. <laughs> what have you made? Oh, wait. A sad face? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, that offends you? Oh, suddenly you want to explain how complicated and detailed and difficult it is to be an expert at acting? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, pretty buzz. Uh, anyway, this is going to be our last episode of season one because I need to get a few more in the can, as we say in the biz, as Megan says, mm. we say in the biz. Mm -hmm. uh, like my goal, my dream is to have two fully ready episodes at all times instead of zero. <laughs> mm, yeah. So you can just pop those suckers in and pull them out of the can. And put them in another can. And I don't even have to pull them out of the can. Once they're in the can. Pull them out of the can and put them into the computer can. Oh, yeah. Well, they're, the can is the computer. <laughs> right. Once they're scheduled to release, they release themselves when they're scheduled. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. I haven't I haven't touched base with the can since it was a can. <laughs> a literal can. Sounds like there's been an upgrade, which is a nice segue into the fact that, in case I haven't expressed this enough, I don't do anything can related. Liza, <laughs> Liza does all the can work. She's she builds the can. She fills the can. She moves it. She swirls the can around the contents of the can. She 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 does the editing of the can. She does the arranging of the can. The logo that's on the outside of the can. Mm -hmm. The one that says "Whoop ass." She constructed that. I mean, from my perspective, I just got a text one day that was like, "Hey, girl, <laughs> I have an idea for a podcast." You famously don't listen to podcasts other than our own. So were you a little bit like, cool, I don't know what that means. <laughs> no, actually not at all, because it's such a big part of the writing and and performing world. Even if you're not doing it, you're very aware that it seems like everyone else is doing it or wants oh, okay. to do it or has an idea for one. Oh my God. Everybody has an idea for a podcast. Everybody has something in the works podcast wise, except for me. I never did. I was like, <laughs> not my world, not interested. You guys go do it. But of course the like innate, like self-identified superstar that I am, if somebody comes to me and is like, I want you to be featured in this thing with me <laughs> and it's my sister. I'm like, oh, wait, me? Podcast? Well, of course. So <laughs> little old me. Yeah. That's like saying like, oh, I don't, I don't want to like, I don't want to be like that famous, you know, but if someone's like, well, I want you to star in a Star Wars movie. You're like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want me to, yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess. <laughs> um, no. So it was uh, very intriguing because it just felt to me like another facet of performing and writing and producing that I probably would benefit from doing but like when was I ever going to find the time to like facilitate it on my mm -hmm. own yeah um, oh yeah so for me it was like amazing to I mean have you like spoiler alert you kind of need to not have a job to do this job yeah <laughs> all right so Megan a friend texted me and just said what gave you the idea to do the podcast and I'm just going to read out my response because you know how sometimes if you have to write something down you can get your ideas organized better and I went back and read this text and I was like, well, damn, that's a good description of what yeah. I'm trying to do here. <laughs> I do know that, Liza. In fact, I'm quite familiar with that concept. <laughs> that's not a new one for you, is it? <laughs> yeah. 
So my friend Emily, hey Emily, she said, what gave you the idea to do the podcast? And I said, I listen to podcasts all the time while I'm sewing. And because of that, I had definite opinions about what makes a good one and what makes a bad one. And then there was this interview I heard with this bus driver guy in San Francisco who drives one of those accordion style buses. Um, and he was breaking down this big fight scene in one of the recent Marvel movies. And it's a fight scene that takes place on a bus. And I always love that kind of thing. Someone's expertise in a real niche area applied to something fictional. Mm. And I thought, I'd like to hear something like that about sewing. And then I searched for a podcast that was that exact thing. And there wasn't one. So, you know, I had to make it myself. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and also, I'd heard enough bad podcasts that I was like, if those dummies can do it, I probably can too. Preach, girl. It is kind of comforting when, when people aren't experts because then you can be like, oh, look at all these people out there just doing the best they can with the knowledge they do have <laughs> trying to do something in the world, you know? So yeah, that's a good point. All right. So I had the idea in about February of 2022. You know, that was when I like, I heard that interview and I started thinking and I started looking to see if it existed. It didn't exist. And then I started thinking like, is this something I might be able to do? Then I bought equipment, which was two mics, an audio interface, and I have a laptop. Oh, and some mic stands. And yeah. uh, one of my earliest moments of thinking, um, if all those dummies can do it, surely, like, I can't be too stupid to do this, was um, just trying to hook up the microphone, the audio interface, and the computer and get them to hear me. And, you know, a tall guy came at one point and was like, your hobbies aren't supposed to make you cry. <laughs> and I was like, it's fine. And also, I know. later I was thinking, like, what what hobby of mine is fun? <laughs> well, oh, like, yeah. I like sewing, I, ballet, jogging. I mean, like, none of these are fun activities. <laughs> Everything's got to have a challenge. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a really interesting thing. Like, the kind of struggle that you, that is also a chosen, or, or, or what, is that the right word? Um, like, what has enough struggle but enough hope that you'll keep going? Yeah, and that you choose to do it for for no, um, not because somebody made you, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and that's where, like, I think creative work is just so interesting, right? Because, yes, of course, this isn't supposed to make you cry. And now it doesn't make you cry. No, um, I, I I, don't think I've, I think probably last time I cried about this is probably like, uh, you know, like last... maybe April of last year, May. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. And when, it was a solid year. <laughs> when you mentioned to me that you had cried, I mean, Y'all, Liza does not cry. No, so. only about audio equipment. That's yeah, the one thing. <laughs> a crying rage about <laughs> why isn't the speaker working? Yeah. So then, in about so, you know, February I had the idea. March I got the equipment. April, I was meeting uh, my friend Elizabeth for coffee one day, and I was telling her about my podcast idea because I was really trying to like. I I think the pitch is kind of difficult. Like you know, it's not about costumes in movies. It's about sewing that happens in the movies and the sewing needs to affect the plot and like so I would I would run this idea by anyone I could just to kind of like get better at describing it and I, that's something I'm still like sort of perfecting in our little intro yeah um, listener I don't know if you noticed but like the little intro that Megan reads is different every episode because <laughs> I'm just I'm gonna get there eventually yeah <laughs> so I was telling Elizabeth about the idea and she started talking about her favorite sewing movie, which is Three Amigos, and about how she loves that there's no thread in the machines. And I'd been searching for a name, and I was like, there's no thread. <laughs> That's it. Oh That's God. the name. 
I don't even yeah. think I knew that it, you didn't just think of it one day. It was from no. a conversation with Elizabeth. It was in a conversation with Elizabeth. And later I, I texted her. I was like, thank you so much. Oh my God. <laughs> it Elizabeth makes sense, huh? Adorable. Yes. So I had a little notebook. I would write down ideas for the name. And so I want to tell you some other names that I had thought of that uh, oh are big fat rejects. Okay. When characters sew, then they up and made a dress. <laughs> the script calls for sewing. Shorthand. Like... You like that one? Shorthand for quirky. Manic pixie dream seamstress. You guys, I'm pretty sure I made up that phrase. Don't know for sure, though. Uh, oh, so I think you did. Sewing as character development. And then my last one that I thought of was out of nowhere, a gown. <laughs> <laughs> And I rejected most of these because a lot of them are gender specific and I wanted to be able to talk about movies like Rambo. Yeah. Or The Grinch, you know, where a man sews. Or not, some of them were just so garment specific that I was like, no, like, it's not always going to be a gown, you know? Out of nowhere, a gown. <laughs> but yeah, I think that There's No Thread has a better punch, so we went with that. <laughs> I like also that it abbreviates to TNT. That was yeah. just a nice bonus. Dynamite. <laughs> like somewhere in may of 2022 I, I drew the logo with the tomato pincushion yeah and this is another time where i wrote something down and i'm just going to read it because it solidified my thoughts this is a instagram post that i did about the logo i said i made this logo for there's no thread podcast featuring the classic tomato pincushion because like sewing itself the tomato pincushion is both comforting and mysterious <laughs> We've all seen a tomato pincushion in grandma's sewing box. But when you think about it, why a tomato? Why is there a strawberry attached to the tomato? I know the tomato is for holding pins and the strawberry is for sharpening needles. But why the heck is a strawberry attached to a tomato at all? What is happening? And yet, so retro and comforting. Maybe I will look it up and find out. In super bonus, I created the text by typing the words on a vintage typewriter and then redrawing them within a drawing app to really tie in the writerly element of the podcast. Oh, yeah. Love it. When did you tell me about the podcast? Do you remember? Yeah, or ask it was me, in... Or pitch it to me. Was it March or April of last year? Yeah, so I must have told you in March and then you said, okay. And then I said, great, come over two weekends from now. And then we did it. <laughs> well, let me ask you this because I've never, I never, it's so weird. I never even like questioned and I, I didn't know the answers to any of this stuff and I never even <laughs> thought about it in my mind you just thought of it one moment and then literally texted me the next moment and then it kind of like I asked you some questions along the way and you know it kind of materialized but uh, of course you had been thinking about it and stuff because it when you texted me it was like pretty well-formed idea but uh when did you decide you wanted to do it with me because that's also something I never questioned <laughs> <laughs> well I, I never was like oh my god I've made the cut or like I didn't even occur to me you might have cut, considered yeah. someone else but well uh, yeah it was definitely like I thought um do I want this to be a one person and I was like no because I really like that dynamic in a podcast where you have um an, an expert and a non-expert and so they can kind of like you need a non-expert in whatever the the topic is to be the listener essentially yeah that's the questions that the listener went yeah it was just me like I've told you before if it was me alone I would just be yelling boring facts out <laughs> <laughs> here I wrote this down too I'm just gonna read it oh. um I chose you Megan because I wanted the expert non-expert dynamic 
uh, for the sewing because it's a dynamic I really like listening to in a podcast. Um, Sawbones is a podcast I really like that is that the uh, the expert is the wife is a doctor and the, the husband is just regular guy. And so when they talk about medical issues, he's he's there to ask the questions that we're thinking, you know. Oh, that, that sounds kind of awesome. Yeah. Uh, but I also, I needed somebody who wouldn't be afraid to be opinionated and funny, like wouldn't get all polite. <laughs> that's boring. <laughs> um, and the great thing about you as a co-host is that you have different reactions to things than I do, which is good because it makes me finish my sentences. Like if we had the exact same responses to things, what would, you know, I, like I have to explain an idea to you because you might not have already thought it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, there's been a lot of things you've had to explain to me <laughs> that have not occurred to me. <laughs> most every, most everything in, that you uh, cover in this podcast is stuff that I have. But also just silly of. stuff. Like, um, yeah. you know, you asked me if I smelled Matthew McConaughey's shirt and I said, no, <laughs> uh, because, you know, we had a different reaction to the, the idea of being in that situation. You're like, no, I was a working professional human that had a task to do. And I'm like, you didn't fall to your like, knees and start sniffing but, the collar. But <laughs> I'm asking the hard hitting questions. Everyone who's listening wants to know. Yeah. Also, it's been really great to have you as a ho as a co-host because I can hear when I'm losing you, when I'm editing, and then I'm like, oh, I just lost the audience too. <laughs> oh, interesting. Like if you sound like you're trying to stay interested or you're a little confused or you just change the subject 100%, then I'm kind of like, okay, whatever I was talking about, this is not, like I didn't explain, I didn't say it very well. I didn't explain it very well. You know, I was once told, um, that uh, no one can cover boredom worse than I can. And that the moment, <laughs> the moment I have, whoever's speaking to me has, has lost me. They like, you can, I've, I've actually been told this. I've actually worked on this as an adult. Cause I'm like, this is not a good quality um, to be, to be able to not hide when you have either lost me or I'm not interested. Mm -hmm. Um but I think so that's it's actually really... very helpful because yeah, well, I'm glad I know that, that it well, like I need to do better. <laughs> <laughs> well, Eliza, you have always made me feel like my good qualities are more forward facing, you know. <laughs> so I'm glad that that can go into the good quality basket because I uh, I have definitely I definitely didn't feel great after I was told that. <laughs> oh man. I can tell I've lost you. I've been told that before. <sighs> oh, no one, no one has the face of being, of being lost like you do. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell, but more of a boredom thing than a not understanding. Well, more now like you can tell. say to them, this is actually a good quality and yes. you need to work on your end of it. <laughs> yeah. I was recruited for this quality. You need to work on being more interesting, buddy. <laughs> Um, also, uh, with, with you as co-host, we get a double expert, non-expert in that you are the expert writer. Mm -hmm. So we get like a double expert, non-expert reverse turnaround. Yeah. Loop -de loop Triple, triple reverse psychology. Yeah. As, Jay as Jason says, my favorite. Triple are you reverse. doing triple, are you doing triple reverse psychology right now? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I think so. I think so. But do you think so? Well, that was another part is I thought like, she'll say yes. Ah! <laughs> She's easy. Her vanity will get the best of her yet. <laughs> Me? 
Mm. Which I've already confessed to you before you even said this. <laughs> Why, of course. You want me to just show up and just be me? Um, all right. So, Megan, I want to clarify our jobs on this. So, Megan, you are the co-host. And, like, I think of you as kind of like color commentary. Like, you're fun. Yeah. I'm like the fun, dumb one. Well, no, I don't think you're the dumb one at all. No one else does either, so quit it. You're like the smart, hot one. (laughs) And I'm the co-host and producer. So I do the recording, the editing, scheduling. I write the show notes. Uh, And I I only want to clarify that because I have had more than one person ask me, so does Megan write the episodes? (laughs) You know, because you're the writing one. And so just to clarify, listener, no, they aren't written. They are not written. Megan is a masterful writer of dialogue. And if anyone could write this chaos, it would be Megan. But no, these are not scripted or written. I don't understand how that is not clear. (laughs) Well, that is touching. And thank you for saying that. But um, hell no. Yeah. I mean, I do an outline and sort of guide us through the conversation. We have over time developed our little intro text and our outro text. Mm-hmm. And, and so I have that. And so we, we have, I mean, I guess you could say that scripted because we read it from the outline, but, but no, Megan does not write this. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is my project <laughs> that me and Megan do together. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, Liza does fucking everything. Like, <laughs> Don't get it twisted, oh but I wouldn't be able to give the quality that I can if it wasn't with you because we bring so much of our rapport as sisters to the conversation and it's very easy to be like chatty. And I think too, it's it's like, I have a lot more like kind of on camera, on stage and people looking at me experience than Liza does. And mm-hmm. so it's been interesting for me watching you get more comfortable just like talking and going yeah, that through, was hard. yeah, like leading, um, essentially like self-directing an episode and you have all the points you want to hit and no, it's not scripted, but we're definitely going through a structure that we have to cover. And even like moments where you're like, I have a frog in my throat, like, you know, my voice. And it's like, when that happens, when you're performing, you just have to go with it. And you just, it's just what, it, <laughs> it's just what it is now. It's just the reality of the situation. And, um, And so that's always nice to watch anybody experience just like learning how to be comfortable in the moment to moment of things happening. And so I've had a good time, um, (laughs) you know, and sometimes you'll be like, oh, I sounded so nervous. And I'll be like, no, you didn't. Like, you really didn't. Um, You must have felt nervous, which is fine. Like, you know, feelings are like, those are fine. (laughs) You just have to keep going with whatever you're doing. (laughs) Feelings are second to what you have to get done. So that's been cool on my end. I think that's part of why we make a good pair because it was nice to know that you weren't going to have the same um, fear of becoming public that I have because you're already out there in other ways. Yeah. Um, Okay. Let's talk a little bit about, I I wanted to mention some skills that I learned in the process. Um, In addition to coming from level zero at being um, looked at, listened to public in any way. I also kind of started at zero computer skills. For example, while learning to record and edit, I learned to do save as. (laughs) And the way I learned that was I I had our practice file in GarageBand of our practice session. And I was like, I couldn't even think of how to describe it. I was like, I went to Tall Guy and I was like, 
I want to edit it, but I don't want to edit the original. I want to make a copy of it and edit that and still have the original. But I don't, I don't know what that is. And he was like, save as? And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is, which is also like talk about us coming from two different worlds because I am on the computer 24-7. But like, Liza, you have been doing like essentially manual and brain labor for your professional life. You've been using your hands. You've been standing on your feet. You've been touching things in a tactile way. You've been doing math calculation. <laughs> you've been telling people what to do. Like this is a, uh, it's so fascinating to me because when I, when you told me that and I, I was thinking about how like, oh, like Liza's life is so fucking different than mine in this way. <laughs> like, yeah, somehow I've missed, I missed save as. I also learned how to um, <laughs> save a file to a flash drive. <laughs> I've never done that before. I had no need to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, and I I made a desktop file to save my save all of our podcast stuff into. I had never made a desktop file. I mean, I a folder. I, you need a folder. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I made a desktop folder. <laughs> but yeah, so like just... I I had even I had had a sewing blog for a little bit. And that was all, I was able to do all of that on the iPad. So I was just really unfamiliar with using an actual computer in any real way. <laughs> it's so impressive to me. Like, we're, I mean, geez, like you didn't just start <laughs> from like regular person. You started from like, <laughs> didn't even know it was possible yeah. to not know this stuff. I'm like, but like, I also, I think this is neat that all of this stuff happened in a really good order. Like the fact that we were able to, to record in person first. And so I was able to learn that stuff. And then uh, after you moved, that was when we switched into recording through Zoom. But if we had had to start, like just knowing that I would have had to learn all of that stuff and learn how to record on Zoom, I think that would have been just insurmountable. I would have been like, I don't want to do this idea. Yeah. So I'm really pleased that like everything kind of worked out time frame wise for us. Totally. Like just yeah. under the wire. Yeah, and if I like moved across the country and then you started a podcast with someone else, I mean, I guess I'd be fine with it, but I'd also kind of be like, but but why didn't you think of that last year when I was there and I could I could lobby for to be on it. I know. I was also kind of like, why didn't I think about this during lockdown? But, you know, that was not a creative time for me. That was a scary time and I wasn't coming up with new ideas. <laughs> no. And plus like you would have had to do the zoom, but it would have because... been, yeah, it would have been the whole zoom yeah. zoom in addition to everything else problem would have been too hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Megan, now it is time for us to brag. Okay. Please tell me um, some of the projects in your like work life uh, outside of this one, obviously that you've been most proud of. <laughs> well, I was thinking the other day about how I had this block between 2006 and 2016 where I wrote and or had produced nine plays. And I was like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> I mean, what? Um, so between 2006 and 2016 was The Kitchen Sink, Family Dinner, The Lesson, Sunshine Machete, Naked and Crazy, Happy Birthday Mom, Prom Time Out, Bonnie's Future Sisters, and our Identity Crush musical. Um, say the name of it. Oh, um, Identity Crush is our band, and the musical is Casual Lover, Sex Robot, and the <laughs> album is available on Spotify. You can just put it right next to There's No Threat. <laughs> when you, like, you weren't, you didn't just write all of those things you named off during that time period. You also produced them all. Like, all yeah. of those 
all of those plays fully realized and and had audiences and yeah and some of them went ran for multiple years i mean naked and crazy we did for three summers wow bonnie yeah yeah bonnie was 2014 was when it ran in la and then it ran in new york in 2016 and that's when it it like won best playwriting at the new york fringe festival which was crazy because I don't know. Like there were like 200 plays there. Like (laughs) I feel totally successful and proud of myself sometimes. And other times I'm just like on the outside looking in. I mean, I don't know if that's a normal feeling, but um, I think the things I'm most proud of are probably, I mean, probably Bonnie's future sisters because that's the project that I won an award for. And you know, it ran in New York and I um, it was recommended by a bunch of places variety. And then that kind of, springboarded me into working more professionally as a screenwriter after that I got hired to write like five independent projects for a production company that kind of kept me busy through uh the past few years and now I'm revisiting Bonnie to work on it as a screenplay and I've also I did start a novel during the pandemic so I'm that which is an adaptation of another one of my plays so um slipped another play of mine that ran at theater west in 2019 is and was also made into a short film that one um was published i think in 2020 so like that was always really nice (laughs) i mean (laughs) that's nice i was trying to think of like proudest things i'm most proud of i think i think just like (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i i think just being able to continue to produce content and things regardless of what's happening to them. I mean, I've had so many things that I am proud of and moments that I am proud of. I mean, I think like getting involved with production companies and writing screenplays um, for hire had its own um, ups and downs, but it was mm-hmm. certainly nice to get paid. But I've been spending the past couple of years working on a novel and working on um, the Bonnie adaptation. And this is screen. all also while producing show tv shows yeah so so then i have like a a, a day job i guess as a a, a corporate television producer <laughs> <laughs> which is not creative but is strangely like um complimentary in a lot of ways i deal a lot with like contracts and like getting shows out the door and there's a certain amount of like just productivity that kind of keeps me focused but i've 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 never written for television. I, I have been high. I was hired to write a pilot in 2015, but it never sold. Um, so, so like all of the TV world in terms of professional, which is interesting. Cause like everyone, you know, of course works in TV and writes for TV or or whatever, but my world has really been theater and film. And then as of recently fiction. So I have kind of gone around the thing that would probably be the most lucrative um <laughs> i always um, feel like kind of insane talking about career stuff because mine it's just all over the place and yours is so straightforward but <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah i've got one of those jobs it's like fireman or dump truck driver where like you know what the job is all right now i'm gonna brag a little bit i'm just gonna rattle off a list of some movies i worked on we've got inception we've got knockout with Gina Carano, who's uh, in um, Baby Yoda. <laughs> oh, yeah. She was on, I worked on Running Wild, and she was one of the guests on oh, that nice. show. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. I liked her. She was she was cool. She was fun and a fitting. Um, Hidalgo, Miss Congeniality 2, The Ten Commandments, which is a play starring Val Kilmer. Yeah. The Good German, Bobby, Underdog, and Space Buddies. Those are both dog movies. Space Buddies is a terrible movie, but uh, working on it and having fittings with the dogs was so fun. Such a delight. 
We made um, space uniforms for the dogs. It's funny how like, even when something is bad, it just takes the same amount of work. Oh my gosh. And yeah. I mean, it's if you were to watch it with the sound off, you might enjoy it. It's just, yeah. oh, it's a really bad movie. I was so sad when I watched it. Yeah. Because it looks so good. Um, all right. So then Freedom Riders, Nancy Drew, which is one that we will talk about because there's a sewing element in that one. Oh my God. And you worked on that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Blades of Glory, which was yes. amazing <laughs> to work on. They had, it was very, uh, it, just insane costumes on that one are you ever on you're never on set for these things though right no i've gone to set a, a very occasionally yeah and i've been in a wardrobe trailer also very occasionally it's like if they need someone on hand to do alterations quickly but that's my usual location is in a costume shop yeah um the madonna tour for 06 08 and 09 yeah girl it's like costumes for her dancers not for her but for her dancers then the the biggies we got the spirit which i really enjoyed the Prestige, The Lion King, when it came to Los Angeles, uh, we worked on a bunch of the costumes for that. Oh, when it was at the Pantages? Yeah. Oh, nice. Inception, I've mentioned that before. One of the things I really liked doing for that was there's a scene where uh, Marion Cotillard is on a bridge and she stabs the main dude and she's wearing a trench coat. And that trench coat was something that the costume designer's assistant brought to me and said, we need to return this to the store in two hours. So uh, just take a pattern off it real quick. And then we'll tell you what changes we're making. Wow. So I just took a pattern off it real quick. And then they returned it. So you made the trench coat that she's wearing in that scene? Patterned it. Yeah. Patterned it. Wow. So yeah, actually, let me tell you real quick. I printed this out. My union classification for local 705 of motion picture costumers just part of IATSE, as, as we have mentioned before, pattern maker and fitter. Um, and the definition for that from the union is makes patterns, cuts, fits costumes from specific designs or sketches, assists in selecting materials and or supervises this kind of work. So I don't uh, ever sit down in a machine and sew anything, unless it's a special circumstance in a work type situation. I make a pattern, cut it out, and um, supervise somebody else putting it together. So yeah, it I... I am never quite sure how to answer a question like, oh, so you made the trench coat because like I didn't physically make it, but I made the pattern and then cut it out the fabric and then answered any questions that came up during the making of it. So it's like, yeah, you know, I it's mean, just one of those things. I mean, I, I, think... could, I could say yes. I could say no. They'd both be technically right. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the thing I worked on that made someone else the proudest of me, though, was I worked on The Young and the Restless and that was, of course, our grandma's soap. That was her story. You were say, yeah. And she, like, has, I don't think she was ever prouder of me in my entire life than when I called and told her I was working on her soap opera. Because, <laughs> you know, she used to tell me, um, she'd be like, oh, I just, I can't wait to see your name in lights in Broadway. And I was like, well, grandma, <laughs> like, please don't hold your breath. That's just not... <laughs> Meanwhile, I was behind no, you. In no world is that going to happen for a, a I was like, Grandma, <laughs> wait for my name in lights. <laughs> and yeah, she's like, like, I'm waiting on Liza. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm fine betting on Liza. Don't wait. Don't wait, Grandma. <laughs> That's really not, we don't get that. <laughs> That's really sweet. And Young and the Restless was fun. It was, you know, mostly alterations of, you know, beautiful dresses and then some really silly things, like I sewed marabou onto a robe for the, like, housewife who was uh. always at home wearing her mar- marabou robe. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. 
That one filmed at uh, CBS uh, Media City, which is also where the Wheel of Fortune filmed. I worked. Yeah. That's where I worked on the Wanda Sykes show. Oh, okay, I, yeah. I, I love I mean, that. We, we didn't overlap, but yeah. did you ever have the experience where you walk down the hall and the Wheel of Fortune is yes. just in the hall, like a store yes. there? All, every time we went to the commissary, it was just back there. There's the wheel. It's it. in the hall. Yeah. That was so fun. <laughs> All right. So that's, okay. That's our bragging time. I just want you guys to know that we're both legit. <laughs> I can't. So bad at like talking about, at least you can like list off the movies you've worked on and I have a bunch of projects I've. Oh, like you can't talk about, yeah. No, no, no. Just like a lot of things that are not as famous as those um, A-list movies that you've worked on, (laughs) you know. I haven't really mentioned this before because I wanted to maintain my um, allure as an expert in my field, but I'm actually a stay-at-home parent. Like I've kept up my skills and I'm a member of good standing in my union and I do plan to return at some point. But like stay-at-home mom is such a weird title so I actually came up with um, a better line. So here, let's do it, Megan. Megan, will you ask me, what do you do? Hey, so, like, what do you do? Oh, I'm a homewrecker. I mean, a homemaker. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, it's so, so good. I came up with that to say at cocktail parties because people would, you know, be like, oh, yeah. And, you know, this person's a set designer. This person does lights. This person does events. What do you do? <laughs> Okay, so let's move on to our biggest surprise about doing a podcast. I'll start that one. The biggest surprise for me was that I really like doing the editing. I remember in college, it was really interesting to me that, you know, a conversation could start somewhere and I kind of wanted to like map it out visually of like, it starts here and then we go here and then like some other stuff happens and then we wind up over here and then we tie back into this other thing, but then we we shoot out way over here and then we come back here. And just like imagining like a conversation as a big cloud that you could sort of visually see and and i remember thinking that was really really interesting but like i think that that editing really kind of satisfies that that want to like see a conversation it's really cool to be able to take just a natural conversation with all its like repetitions and um you know just circuitous stuff Yeah. yeah round and rounds and people saying the same thing but maybe one says it and then another one improves it and like it's really neat to be able to take that and make it faster and more direct and funnier and untangle it and kind of rearrange it so that it flows. Like I have huge respect for editors now because I can really see how the way you edit can make something. Yeah. Um, a hundred percent. Yeah. And this whole thing has been just a huge exercise in like, if you think something's easy, try it. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like also like, even just like you were saying, just speaking, I kind of thought that would be the easy part that like, once we got all this technical stuff wrangled, we could just sit down and have a chat. And like the first few episodes, I was like, oh, it's actually kind of hard to talk. Um, Do you find that your, the way that my brain works is I will, I can, I'll see scripts scrolling across my eyes sometimes when I'm talking to people or when I'm listening to something, I see things on the page, even when they don't exist. Um, I think about dialogue all the time. I have like a whole way that my brain operates that I assume other people's don't. Like you, but you see what is happening in, in your conversation? Sometimes I'll, I'll okay. be like, okay, interior, like da, 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 da. Or like if someone says something funny, it'll just pop into my brain like it's on a script form. Mm. I don't know. I don't know if that happens to other people. It's so normal for me that I don't even really like think about it. Um, but now that you're editing, do you feel like sometimes when you're talking to people, you are chopping 
things in any way, or you are um, just like out in the world, has it changed the way that you interact with the world at all? Because I think, you know, my husband's an editor and it really affects sort of the way that he operates (laughs) (laughs) in some ways, or like it changes you or something. (laughs) Um, I haven't noticed that I've spoken differently. It's definitely after doing this much editing, it definitely makes me prepare for our episodes much more in depth. I know we can't, Mm. I know that I can't wing it. You, I, you're you're here to wing it. I I need to bring it. <laughs> I have to have. I need to have a, a an outline, and I need to have notes, and I need yeah. to know, like, uh, where I'm gonna put things because I know that if if I do try to wing it, I know that I'm that's gonna be an episode that's gonna be really hard for me to untangle. Yep. Yep. Um, like Uptown Girls, that was a really hard one for me. And I think part of it was I hadn't prepared as well for it because I just thought, oh, it's just a silly bit of fluff. So it'll be fine. But then that that one had a lot of like, I had to, you know, cut this and move it here and move this here and things that weren't making sense. And it's so I guess in preparation, like it's made me know that I have to prepare better, but it hasn't made me different socially, I don't think. Mm. But I definitely, um, I can visually recognize an um wait when I'm editing and I'm just looking because what you see is a waveform right right I can see an um like I I know what they look like now because they always look the same I don't cut out all of our ums I leave in a bunch but if there's like a a nice freestanding um I'll just chop it right out (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean I think what's been skills that I have learned and is that what we're answering hold on biggest surprise sorry (laughs) Yeah, but you can tell me skills too. Actually, I'm not sure if I gave you a chance to say skills. I don't think I have any skill. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think for me, like, you know, you kind of pitched this to me as like, you don't have to prepare anything, just like come as you are. And that Mm -hmm. it's like, on the one hand, that's appealing. But on the other hand, it's like, I'm actually never, I'm very rarely not prepared for anything. My whole bag is to kind of seem like I'm not prepared, but I really secretly am. (laughs) But yeah, I don't mean to say you wing it like you just roll out of bed. I mean, I know that you do prepare you. Yeah. And I, I, there's like certain things that I need to be on top of. And and I try to make sure that, that um, I'm somewhere between having just rolled out of bed and like, you know, and and you, I'm like somewhere in in there. My friend Kate that listens to the podcast. Hi, Kate. She had texted me about how she really appreciates how much we focus on expertise and how we have a lot of respect for, um, you have to um, appreciate human labor. Yes. And appreciating labor. Yeah. That's been really like interesting to be talking about because your work is, is so different than mine and also like was very labor intensive. I mean, you're like, I stand up for 10 plus hours a day and I'm always using my whole body to work and it's very physical. It is. It's <laughs> a much more physical, like being a pattern maker is a lot more physical than I think a lot of people would envision. You are you have to stand at a table because you're working on human scale projects. The, the yeah. your, your scale is is the human body, so you have to be able to reach, you know, at least 40 inches away from yourself, and that's not something you can do sitting down. And uh yeah, I remember like some of those those plays that you were mentioning earlier, um I always appreciated that if you knew I was coming, you would reserve a chair. <laughs> Because you knew that, like, oh, of course, hell no, yes. was I going to stand up and then come to your play and then keep standing up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I always put you in the front. So, yeah, it's it's been kind of, to sum all that out, you, you can, you'll have to edit a lot of that. But basically, <laughs> the one sentence answer 
is it's been really neat to learn more about the labor involved in your labor, essentially, <laughs> and all of the facets of the unions and the different places you've had to consult and the amount of research you've had to do and how, back to what you said about even making a podcast in the first place, everything is hard. Mm, everything yeah. is hard. Making yeah. costumes and all the pieces that go into it are hard. Learning how to sound edit is hard. Writing is anything that you want to do remotely well or really at all. <laughs> yeah. Difficult. Yeah. If you think um, something looks easy and attractive, try it. Give it a try. Yeah. <laughs> and if you think someone did a bad job at something, well, give try it a try doing yourself. doing that same thing. And then you will have a new <laughs> perspective on how good a job they may have actually done against the odds. Yeah. God, I know. Life lessons. And well, I guess I don't really have a biggest surprise I knew it would be delightful and I knew it would be fun. It's been really pleasantly surprising to watch you like blossom in this role as because there is a performative quality to it. There's obviously the organization and the research and all the actual after hours work you do. But then you you still have to show up and, you know, be interesting and, and steer the ship. And um, so that's been really fun to watch. And and I always say I always I don't think I've ever said what I'm about to say. I, <laughs> I always say right now. <laughs> but I, I think often how, you know, you can't get good at something without struggling. And for you to just be like, hey, I'm going to do this, even with even if it's hard and I'm crying through it, I'm just going to like go through that part. <laughs> and then I'm going to get to the other side of it. And I'm going to do it quite quickly. <laughs> and also just like, you know, you're my, you're my, you're my fucking sister, man. Like... <laughs> Uh, so um yeah I'm I don't think that much has been surprising besides just being like oh yeah. this is really this is fun and that actually brings up a really good point too about like creative collaboration and I think that one of the things that has always been excellent about you and you know maybe it's just like a family thing but it just I I knew Liza was in charge it was very clear she was in charge it wasn't a, a collaboration in the 50-50 sense. It was a, here's the project I want to do. Here's your role in it. And that was perfect for me because I have, you know, work and many things that I'm working on and many other projects that I am in charge of. And, you know, just to say that, like, I very early on felt like to myself, I can only do this if Liza is in charge. And Liza basically was like, well, good. Cause I am in charge. <laughs> and, you know, here's the template. Here's what we're going to do. Perfect. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, here's, here's your part in it. So I really appreciated that directness and that clarity. And, and honestly, we had already spent three years working on my wedding dress where Liza was also in charge. I mean, I obviously had a lot of say in what I wanted, but in terms of the execution of the project, it was, a good collaboration with the understanding and, and it helps when it's like already your big sister because then you're just like well of course you're in charge like you've always been in charge interesting about the wedding dress because like I tried really hard to make sure that I was not imposing my aesthetic on your dress it like I wanted to I absolutely tried to not um like steer you toward any particular look like a really 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 wanted to keep oh yeah my, my uh style out of it and just which must have been hard style because i asked your opinion on everything <laughs> but like it, it wouldn't have happened without 
an enormous amount of work on your part. Um, just like this podcast requires an enormous <laughs> amount of work on your part. Um, but is truly like your, you know, dream realized. And I think that after having already done a project with you, even though of course it's totally different and it's a, you know, a wedding dress and it's got mm-hmm. a whole lot of emotional things tied up in it for me personally, but, but I, but I, I was very indecisive for a long time and I didn't quite know what I wanted. And, you know, you were extremely. Yeah. And patient. we, we had, we had built in the time and the schedule for you to yeah. uh, have a nice long, like information idea gathering period. Yeah. Unlike this where I said show up tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's been times, God, I wish I could think of one where I'd be like, well, what about this? And Liza will just be like, no. Um, and I'll be like, okay. I think there was like one conversation we had early on where I was like, oh, we need to do summaries or plots or something. And and you said something like, it's okay if people don't know fully what's happening in this movie, because we're going to talk enough about other stuff. And I remember oh, being yeah. like, Oh, okay. There's so yeah. many podcasts that are just walking through the plot of a movie that I was like, we yeah. can't be that. We need to yeah. assume they either have seen it or don't care and are are here to hear about the costume element. Do you have a favorite episode? My favorite was probably Bachelorette. And that was one that you brought. I had not yeah. watched that. You brought that to us. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt like I just had a lot to say about like weddings and you're pumped for it yeah lady friends and all that stuff oh and sound of music I would say sound of music I actually sometimes worry that because sound of music has such a good math breakdown and Mm. all of them don't allow for that like um, yes you know sound of music three amigos and um there have been some others where I get the chance to really do a math breakdown and sometimes I worry that people want that and are sad when they don't get it in an episode like I don't know, like Bachelorette, where like there's not such a time breakdown. <laughs> yeah, we can't always give them the math that they want. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I know that everyone's coming here for that sweet, sweet math. <laughs> well, it's funny because there is always so much math in this. And when people tell me what they like about the podcast, they they're always like very impressed by the math that you do that you do do. <laughs> My favorite phrase. <laughs> Well, it's, um, that's funny to me, too, because in like a real work situation, I really hate doing time estimates. Yardage estimates, I don't mind so much, but like time and labor estimates, um, it's fun on this because there are no stakes, but yeah. it's scary in real life when there's real money writing on it. <laughs> oh my God, I know. I do these budgets for like television stuff and it's like, oh, I can't really fuck this up. I always am like doing math stuff with like a slight amount of anxiety um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it does always equate to money or time, yeah. which is, which is also money. But on here, it's kind of fun because there's yeah. no money connected. I do work really hard to make sure I'm getting my numbers right. Yeah. But it's, it's kind of that weird situation where um, math has become fun and silly. Yeah. Whereas in the, in the real world, people are like, mm, but how about you do that in less time and less money? And you're like, yeah, nope. Yeah. Nope. They're, All right. Let's move on. Okay, so our last question, listener, is um, why do we do this? So I'm going to start. Great. Don't try to interrupt me, Megan. <laughs> nothing to offer here. I still, why do we I still, do this? I still have this question for everything. This is something that people actually, I, I get the vibe that this is what people are asking when they ask me questions is like, so what's this? Like, wh- like why are you doing this? <laughs> Once you have an idea for something, you have to just do it. I mean, if it sticks with you and you're thinking about it all the time, you can't get tripped up on explaining to people why you're doing it. I mean, 
when you're writing and you're working on something, <laughs> you're doing all of the work first. And then you're oftentimes waiting to see if the world's going to see it or if anyone's going to see it. So the question of why cannot really be addressed too hard because mm. if you really think too hard about why, then you will logic yourself out of doing something that doesn't necessarily need to have a why. That's a good point. You know, it's like the act of doing it is why. I mean, that gets very much into why do we do anything? So I should just say, why your face? Yes. Basically, you say, why your face? Um, Or people want an answer of like, oh, are you trying to monetize this? Are you trying to get a TV show? Are you trying to like, you know, that's a very LA thing, right? Is like, you can never do something just for the sake of doing it. What's the goal for your creativity? Right. But how how are you monetizing this, this project? To me, what I really love about doing this is one day we will be older and and these things will still exist. And, you know, I've always thought that about writing and how cool it is that I will write something and it'll live on forever. But now it's so neat that an actual conversation between us will live on. And like, and I think about that all the time, just in terms of like, you know, oral storytelling and like, there's like just this small verbal slice of our lives during this period that will exist. That's really neat. All of that. Anyway, so that and this kind of like, macro humanity level is why this is important to me and I never would have thought of it and now I'm just happy that it exists yeah and I'd also like love to know what we're saying now that's totally out of style and taboo and oh yeah we don't know what it is right now because we don't know yeah I don't know (laughs) but I'm sure something something um all right so my fun reason for why I do this is um uh, listener, I've been scheduling ways to hang out with Megan for years. <laughs> we did belly dance for years and years. We took lessons with Celeste. Celeste, if you're out there, we love you. Hey, Celeste. Yes. Oh, my God. I still do those shimmies sometimes. Yes. Oh, my and- man. What's up? <laughs> and then um, we had a long running Friday morning coffee date that only lockdown could shut down. Uh, mm, every Friday right. morning. In fact, it started out with my son being a little baby. And when he went into kindergarten, I had a moment of like, oh, I don't know if Megan's going to want to get together anymore because, you know, the big draw's gone. The big, yeah. So, really, I mean, a lot of this for me is just like us hanging out with slightly more focus. And yeah, Megan, I really appreciate you doing this with me. Um, I just want to know did you have any runner up? considerations who are they where do they live so you can go fight them (laughs) i'm gonna go fight them for the role they didn't even know they were being considered for like i thought of you and then i thought like like what if i chose like uh like a man so there's like you've got expert non-expert male female point of view and then i was like no megan's fun to talk to and she's like we're we've had a lot of practice A lot of practice. It's going to be a good amount of like the buildup of like, and then this and this, you know, I need somebody who can, who's happy to, for me to talk over them and for them to talk over me. And like, if you got a good idea, just shout it out like that. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't really have any specific, you don't have to fight anybody. Well, that solves that listener. If you like to give your friends homework. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) If you like to make your friends watch movies on cranky Fridays. (laughs) Yeah. Listener, if you like to make your friends watch movies, even ones that you're pretty sure they might not like that much, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then make them talk about it with you, <laughs> share this episode with them. And listener, if you have a sibling or a sister that you really like to hang out with, 
um, share this episode with them. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite stories about tall guy is shortly after you guys had your son, I was over and, you know, you guys have been very clear. You just wanted to have one kid, which I always appreciated because there's a lot of pressure to have multiple kids and like, so great. It's crazy how many people told me to my face, you can't have just one, you're going to ruin his life. Yes. God, people are the worst, but we already know that. <laughs> They're also great, but also the worst. Yeah. Um, but your husband was, I think he, I think he was actually holding, you know, little, little newborn and uh, was like, you know, he doesn't need a sibling who even likes their siblings anyway. <laughs> and it was so fucking funny because like I was sitting there, you were sitting there, he was sitting there. And I just started like chuckling. I think he like walked out. He was like, who even likes her siblings anyway? Yeah. He was just um, saying that to to elbow you a little. <laughs> it was so funny and perfectly timed. And then I was kind of later, I was like, you know, a lot of people like don't. And I'm so glad that, uh, <laughs> that I do. Yeah. And I know that he only could say that because it was such a funny joke and the delivery was so like deadpan <laughs> perfect. Who even likes her siblings anyway? But I think about that a lot because I'm, 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 I do. I know a lot of people that don't really like their siblings and I'm glad that I do. I'm glad and, that you do too. <laughs> and enough to, enough to like do projects with them and hang out yeah. with them on purpose. Who even likes their siblings anyway? Who even likes their siblings? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we have an email, we have an Instagram, all that stuff. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, but I want to say a special thank you to you, listener wherever you are in the world uh, for being here. And we will be back for season two in September. All right. Awesome. awesome. Bye. Right, bye. Thank you for listening to There's No Thread.